Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. You know, I think that's a really, really good and important question. Can you make beauty from the ashes, God? I think many of us in different ways have asked that question in our lives. Whether we've asked it of God or we've just kind of asked it of life itself. Can I move forward from this? Can I get better? Can I heal? Even folks who outwardly look fairly together can all look inside and see the scars and the scorched earth of the pains gone by. Life just does this with us. And maybe you've wondered, what am I supposed to do with all that? How can I move forward when I look back and I see so much hurt? When I look inside and I see so much brokenness, much of it things that I actually did to myself. You know, a couple weeks ago, the toilet in our master bathroom broke. I had something to do with it. <laughs> you see, the flapper wasn't flapping anymore. The little flapper, it stopped flapping and it would just stay open and then the toilet wouldn't fill and then it wouldn't flush. And it was bothering me and I was doing the handle jiggle thing for a while, but then that wasn't working. And so I decided the flapper little arms must be too tight on there and, and it's holding it open. So I decided I'll just loosen the flapper little arms, just widen them out a little bit. And I went to do that and they broke. And so now what was just sort of an annoying thing became unusable. Now I can't use the toilet at all. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to fix it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to replace the flapper. And I figured I'm just going to fix everything in this toilet because for a long time the filler wasn't filling right either. It was filling really slow and that would affect the flusher sometimes. It wasn't flushing right. And so I'm like, I'm going to just, I'm going to gut this thing. I'm going to replace all the parts. It's going to be a brand new toilet when I get done. It's going to be beautiful. And so I went to the store. I got all the parts all the stuff to replace them, brought them upstairs. I laid them all out on the floor on towels. I had the directions out. I had, I had all the tools necessary for the job, which I think was all of my tools. They were just right there laid out on the towel. And I went through the directions one by one by one. Okay, I do it this way. I really follow close. I did it, you know, turning off the water supply, all that stuff. Went through, took out the old stuff, put in the new stuff, tightened it all up, did just what it told me, turned on the water supply, and I had a geyser. <laughs> like the Bellagio geyser, right? I'm like, oh no. And then uh, I'm, I'm So I shut off the water, tried to turn, turn, tighten some things down. Maybe this didn't work. Turn it on again, another geyser. So now I'm going, this is a problem. This has just moved from small problem to big problem, which might even involve me calling a plumber, which means expensive problem. So like any good homeowner at that moment, I began to pray. I didn't swear this time. I just prayed. <laughs> Took all the parts out again, redid it all over again, tightened it back up, adjusted Adjusted things anew, turned on the water supply, and miraculously, it was fine. There's no geyser. It wasn't dripping. It was perfect. I flushed it. Amazing. It worked perfectly. It was so great. Allowing me to go downstairs and declare to my family, family, I have fixed the toilet. <laughs> Leaving. Yes, thank you. Thank you. 
and I left out the part that I was the one who broke it to begin with. <laughs> See, a lot of the pain of our lives is like that. We bring it on ourselves, and, and gratefully, like with the toilet, some of those pains we can actually even fix ourselves. But here's the question. What about the things we can't fix? What about the stuff that just seems to remain in my life no matter what? I mean, you know the things I'm talking about. The addictive behaviors, the anxiety, the fear, the anger, that need for control, those unhealthy escapes, the selfishness that we see rooted deep down. As much as I try, those things, they just still seem to be present. So then, is there still hope for me? Can beauty come out of those ashes? And God's answer for every person is a resounding yes. Yes. In fact, that's the very thing that Jesus wants for us. It's the reason for the story that, that we call the gospel that's in the scriptures, where we're told that God sent his only son to earth to be born of a virgin, miraculous, and to then teach and perform countless miracles, amazing, to be falsely accused and tortured and crucified, horrific, and to endure all of that and never sin, astounding. But then we see the finale of the story, that Jesus would complete his work by rising on the third day. That is the day we celebrate today on Easter. This was the reason for it all. This is the difference. See, I've heard people say, all religions are just basically the same. All religions are basically the same. No, no, there's actually one critical difference between the message of Christ and all others. It's the resurrection. He's alive, and everything hinges on that single truth. See, you can go to the Green Dome of Saudi Arabia, and you can visit the burial place of Muhammad, who founded Islam. You can go to China, and you can visit the graves of Buddha and Confucius. None of them dispute that. These are sacred sites. Many people visit. There's tours and brochures to get there. No one questions that they're visiting a grave when they go to those places. But Scripture tells us that Jesus cannot be found in a cemetery because the stone was rolled away and he is alive. <laughs> that we will not find him there because you don't find the living among the dead. That tomb is empty. Jesus lives. And that is the difference that we celebrate on Easter. At Easter, we do not honor the legacy of a fallen teacher. We honor the presence of a risen Savior. And it is into that understanding that God wants to give each of us a place to begin. For every person, God wants to give us a place to start today. So, how does Jesus do that? Well, to look at that, I want to point to a scripture that was 
expressed as part of some of the first gatherings of the early church. And it's where Peter tells the story of Jesus to many people who had gathered. They, they had a desire to get closer to God, to hear that news, much like us today. And as Peter spoke of Christ, this is what he said. He said, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. So the question that stood out to me when I read that was this. How come death couldn't hold on to Jesus? How come death couldn't hang on to Jesus? Everywhere we look, it seems like death is hanging on, right? Everywhere in our world, be it pandemic or sickness or calamity or violence, death seems to stick to everything in our world, but not to Jesus. Why? Here's why. Because death's only legal claim to a life is sin, and Jesus had no sin. As another letter in the New Testament explains to us, it says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. And it goes on to say that death reigned in this world. And I don't think you have to convince us of that. We see it every day, don't we? Death reigning. So death reigned until death itself was defeated. How did that happen? Here's how. Death was defeated when the one without sin gave his life to pay for all sin. That's what Jesus did because he loves us like that. See, where there is no sin, there is no death because death can only make a claim on sin. That's how death entered the world to begin with. It was our choice to turn from God's ways to our own. We invited sin. We invited pain. And it's there in our sin that death then placed a valid claim on our lives. And it was because of that that Jesus came. The one who knew no sin became sin for us. And he crucified sin itself on the cross. My sin, your sin, the world's sin, all of it there. Everyone's sin was crucified on the cross except the sin of Jesus because he didn't have any. And therefore, because Christ defeated sin, Christ defeated death itself. You say, well, if Jesus did that, why do I still see so much death in the world? Why do I still see so much pain? It's everywhere. Here's why. Redemption is universally offered, but it's personally applied. Redemption is universally offered, but it is personally applied this gift is given to every single person, but I have to receive it for myself, personally. It's my choice. It's up to me. And it's a process, because I know even as I receive forgiveness and redemption today, I'm going to need it again tomorrow, because I'm going to be broken again tomorrow. I'm going to sin again tomorrow, because we all know that none of us are sinless. Yet in relationship with Jesus, we are 
justified. <clears throat> Meaning that in Christ, it's just as if I never sinned. That comes out of being close to Jesus. It's a friendship. It's a relationship. That's what Jesus offers to us today. Hope, restoration, peace, forgiveness. It's all available as we give our lives to him. And here's an important truth. Whatever we give to God, God gives back to us with power. Whatever we give to God, God will give back to us with power. You give him your finances, he'll give them back with provision. You give God your future, he'll give it back with purpose. We give God our lives, he in return will give us life to the full. This is what Jesus wants to bring to us. Whether you're meeting him for the first time today or whether you've walked with him for years, he's always saying, I want to bring you life to the full today and every day. See, we think of Easter as just a nice day in the springtime. But God wants Easter to be every day of our lives. Light and life that is found only in him. And of course, there is one more amazing outcome of this friendship that Jesus invites us to. And it's this. If death could not hold Jesus, it cannot hold those who Jesus holds. <laughs> Can't hold you if you're in Jesus. It is then in that relationship with Jesus that we are saved. Not by our own ability. No, not by our own efforts. We can never work our way to God. We can never do enough to reach across that vast chasm between us and Heavenly Father. So what happens? Jesus builds a bridge by giving his life, and then it is up to us to walk across it. We choose, and that choice is ours today, in this moment. Throughout all of our Easter services today, you're going to see a picture of that choice as people are baptized. Uh, these are folks who have said yes to that gift of redemption and forgiveness that is found in relationship with Jesus. It's going to happen in just a few moments, and I encourage you, as it happens, uh, that this is what we celebrate. This is why we exist, so when it's happening, I encourage you to hoot and holler and shout and amen and hallelujah or yahoo, whatever your culture is. Do that kind of stuff. This is what we celebrate. Because baptism is a symbol of this inner work that God has done, saying, I've given my life fully to Jesus, and in doing so, Jesus has given me true life. It's a picture that just as each and every one of us started in death, it was like starting underwater. But if we give our life to Jesus, we can then breathe the life of freedom. If we would just give Jesus the steering wheel of our lives, Jesus can in return give us true life, abundant life, eternal life. See, I know we could live our lives just saying, well, I'm just going to follow a teaching. But Easter invites us to know a person. His name is Jesus. 
Easter is the evidence and the celebration that Jesus is alive. The question is this, will he be alive in you? When I was a teenager, one of the things that I hated to do most was put gas into my car. I hated spending money on putting gas into my car. So my car was on a constant state of just above E. I don't know if anybody else lives like that, but that was how I lived. And because I, I did the, the old ashtray payment plan when it came to gas, which means you pull up to the place and you dig through the ashtray to see how much money you have, and that's how much gas you get. You would know this if you've ever had to say, yeah, I'll take $3.30 of unleaded, please. That would be, that's what it feels like, Okay. So this was my whole life, and my whole life was this struggle to just constantly try to keep my tank just above that E. And I knew actually where the corner of the E was that I actually ran out of gas. So it was just above that. It was this constant struggle to try to keep it just above E. But every now and then, my father would borrow my car. And every time he borrowed it, he brought it back, and it was full of gas. I didn't even know the needle went up that high. Like, wow. And when I saw a full tank of gas, I thought I could go anywhere. I, I, imagine where I could go. i go to Florida, maybe Spain. It looked unlimited to me. It was amazing. This was what happened every time I gave my father the car. So here's the question. How's the car of your life today? Are you working so hard? just to try to keep things above empty, scraping it together from the ashtray, only knowing that you're going to have to do it all again tomorrow. And yet right now you have this invitation to give your life completely to the Father, and he offers to give it back to you absolutely full. It's possible because of the work of his son. I've seen it over and over in my life and in the lives of those around me. And this doesn't mean our life is going to be perfect. This doesn't mean our life is going to be easy. This doesn't mean our life is going to be comfortable. No, but it does mean our life will be whole. It will be full. That the emptiness of death doesn't have to win. That is what we celebrate on Easter. That is what those who are being baptized are expressing they're proclaiming the life they found in Christ. And so can you. Today, right here in this moment, you can start this relationship. In fact, in, in just a little bit when this happens, I'm, I'm going to pray at the end of this message. And during that prayer, you have an invitation. You can actually go, and you can be baptized during this service. We got all the stuff. We got the T-shirts. There's going to be folks right over here to my left. You can go over there. They got all the stuff. They can get you signed up. You can be baptized right during this service. We want to make that available to folks because we know that God might be stirring hearts right now. In fact, for just a moment, I'm just going to pause, and I just want you to ask yourself and ask Jesus, do you want me to be baptized right now? I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to pause for just a second. I'm just going to stop talking right now. So maybe Jesus is saying, this is your time. This is your time. It's time to give your life. If, if that's you during the prayer, you can just go over to this door and folks will make that possible for you. If you're online, we invite you. You can come into relationship with Jesus today and he will meet you. 
And we can certainly make it possible for you to be baptized at a later date. But here's the thing to remember. For everyone today, within the sound of my voice, maybe you have been living your life on your own. And it's time. It's time to live the life that you were made for. The life God made you for. And today is your day to start. Because for every person, Easter reminds us that Jesus is giving us a place to begin. Let's pray together. I think there's two groups of people in this room that that Jesus would want to minister to today. And the first are for those in this room who are saying, you know what? I want to start this relationship with Jesus or I want to start it again. Maybe you knew him a long time ago, but you've drifted. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus, but you're saying, I don't understand everything, but I know he loves me, and I want to experience that love for myself. So this is your chance to say that to him. This is your chance to express that, and I'm just going to give you a real simple way to do it. If that's you in this place, you're saying, I want to start a relationship with Jesus or start it again, I just invite you to raise your hand right where you are. This is your expressing to God. Yeah, I see these hands on the floor. See his hands on the floor. Raise him high. Yeah, yeah. Just, you're just saying this to Jesus. He sees you. Yep, yep. Keep him high. I'm looking up now. You're saying, yeah, I see that hand up there. Looking up. Yep, see that hand up there. Yep. I'm looking toward the center now. Others are saying, yeah, I'm looking to my right. Yeah, I see your hand back there. Looking up and to my right. Give me that chance. You want to say that to Jesus? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd love to pray with this group of people. In fact, um, let's do a simple repeat after me kind of prayer. Everybody in the room, if we could, as these folks join us. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I ask you right now that you would come into my life. And in return, God, I give you my life. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And would you help me, God, to grow closer to you each and every day? Thank you that I can find life in you, Jesus. I love you. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Now, if you can keep your eyes closed, there's a second group of people I think the Lord wants to minister to. And it's those who would say, you know what, I've walked with Jesus for a long time, but I, I know he's calling me deeper. I know he's calling me closer. I know he wants to do a new work in my life, and I just want to make myself available to him in that way. I want to let him know that's my heart, that is my passion, that's what I want to see in my life. I want to grow. And so if you would say that today, this Easter marks a new season of life with me and Jesus, and you say, that's what I desire, I just invite you to raise your hand all over this place. I want to grow in him. Yeah, yeah, so many of us. Jesus, we desperately need you. Whether we've walked with you for five minutes or 50 years, we need you so much. We are desperate for you, God. And yet it's in that desperation that you meet us. It's even in the midst of hard things that you meet us, and we've been through plenty of hard stuff. So God, would you take all that we've walked through and would you allow it to turn us to you in a powerful way? Let us draw closer to your word, to your truth, to you, God, to your love, and that who you are would actually begin to come out of who we are. Thank you, God, that you're going to give us steps to grow today. 
It is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.